Welcome to Momentum Church. Yeah, so those of you that know me, you want to take a guess as to which one I am? Get out of the car! <laughs> Everybody's got different parenting styles, right? And uh, we enjoy making fun of the parenting styles that are not our own. And uh, for me, my parenting style is that of a bank robber, right? I come home and I'm like, shut up, everybody get on the ground. <laughs> not really. A little bit, sometimes. <laughs> I, I can be intense at times, shocking, right? And, and coaching both of my kids in baseball, we got some kids on the team where I'm like, you're the millennial dad. Your kid can't throw, I'm not putting him into pitch. I'm sorry. And I've told him that already, that he can't throw, so he's definitely not gonna pitch anytime soon. Right, I, so, but I, I'm a little bit harsh. My wife, Hannah, uh, God love her, she is the complete opposite. I was trying to figure out an analogy for who she is as a parent and her parenting style, and like, I really had to think about this, because I don't, the, the best thing that I could come up with was meadow fairy teacher. Like, that's, that's really what I could come up with. Meadow Fairy. Mean, she's so calm and peaceful, and she teaches our children. And thank God she, she, she teaches them, because if I tried to homeschool our kids, there would be kid-shaped holes in the wall. <laughs> but it's awesome, because I, the reason why I threw Fairy in there was because, like, she, she kind of makes things magical. Like, not, not magic, but it's magical, you know? And then all of a sudden, though, if you know like fairy tales and stuff, which I've got three kids, so I have a right to know that, right? There's always this breaking point for fairies whenever all of a sudden they go nuclear. Like everything's cool until they reach their breaking point, and it's generally by like the 57th mommy. That's whenever she reaches her breaking point as a fairy. And, um, but, you know, it's good that our, our personalities are so different because we're able to teach our kids, I feel, more successfully, uh, different lessons. You know, and, and today what I want to be able to talk about with you guys is the idea that there are some things that children need to know before they become adults. Because we know some adults that needed to be taught some stuff before they became adults. Right? Like, how about, how about the person who takes 100 things in their shopping cart to self-checkout? They're all vegetables with no barcodes. We're all sitting behind them. Somebody should have taught them that before they became an adult, right? How about just because you repeat a joke 12 times doesn't make it funny? So I may be mean, but I tell my kids they're not funny whenever they're not funny. <laughs> I do. My kids will come up, and they'll come up with their crazy jokes, and they'll be like, hey, what do you call a, a, a pig on land? I don't know, buddy. What, what do you call a pig on land? A land pig? <laughs> Go back, work on that one. That's not funny. <laughs> I tell them that. Like, I'll laugh whenever it's funny, all right? That's how you know it's a funny joke. Anyway, another thing that we teach our kids that I think a lot of adults need to, te need to have been taught, but they weren't, is like whenever two adults are talking and you're having a, a serious conversation, don't go over and interrupt that conversation, right? Like, I, this happens to me on a weekly basis. I'll be talking to somebody. And they, I could be at Walmart. I could be at church. It doesn't really matter where I'm at. And, like, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm having a good conversation, and somebody comes up and just interjects, 
hey, I was thinking about you the other day, and I just wanted to come over and, and talk with you about nothing that has anything to do with the conversation that you're already having right now. And then we look at him. This is what you're doing right now. Go back to being a child and have somebody teach you. Not to interrupt. There's a way to interrupt conversation. We try to teach our kids that. And, and we teach our kids a lot of different things because we want them to know this stuff before they become adults. And today we want to talk a little bit about some of the spiritual things that we want our kids to know before they become adults. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite the Meadow Fairy teacher herself, Hannah, my wife, up on the stage with me. Hey, welcome to the show. Yeah, if we had a talk show, it'd be something. Um, yeah, so we want to teach our kids a lot of different stuff uh, before they become adults. You know, and, and spirituality and, and whatnot, that's important as well. And here's the thing. If, if you don't have kids, don't have a desire to have kids, uh, what I would invite you to do is to think through some of these things. Because this is all training to become a successful Christ follower as an adult. All right, and so this is going to apply to you whether you have kids or not. And, you know, so we have a lot of different stuff that we try to teach, but we can only, we've only got like 30 minutes to go through that stuff this morning. So we've picked out three big things that we want to teach our kids. And the first thing is we want them to be able to normalize the supernatural. Normalize the supernatural. And what I mean by that is like, I, I grew up in a household where there was nothing, it wasn't my house so much, it was the church that we went to. Um, there was nothing supernatural that happened. We, we didn't believe in it, didn't do it. Even though as a kid, like some strange stuff, I experienced some strange stuff. Anybody as a kid, you experience some strange stuff that you just can't explain. All right, I see heads nodding. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of hands. You, you just couldn't explain it. But then we went to a church where there was nothing really supernatural that was there. It was just the reason why you believed in Jesus was so that you could go to heaven. And once you believed in Jesus, then it was your job to just go find other people to believe in Jesus too. And that was the whole purpose. That was all that ever happened. The only supernatural thing that could happen is that you eventually go to heaven. Well, now, uh, a few years back, I, I started uh, really getting into some of the things of the Spirit and, and understanding that. And my wife was raised around the things of the Spirit. So all of this sort of came naturally to her. So whenever we had children, I, for me, I was worried. I don't know if you were worried. Were you worried? Uh, worried she gave me what? that. I know that look. That was, I'm going to agree with you because we're in public. That was very nice of you. Yeah, so I was worried, all right? And so I was worried because I, 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 I had missed, I felt like I missed so much of the Holy Spirit. Oh, wait, worried about you? Yeah, I was Let's worried. just see where this goes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was worried about that. About, about you and your understanding of the spiritual. Oh, yeah, because it was bad. It wasn't bad. It was non-existent. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. That, that was, that, that's an accurate statement. It was non-existent. I, I believed that I was missing out on something, but I didn't know what that something was. I didn't know that that something was the Holy Spirit. Um, and so as we started uh, working together to raise our children, it was, we need, to, we need to normalize this stuff now for them so they get it whenever they become adults. Because some of the stuff that they just sort of operate in now, they're going to understand later in life. 
And, uh, you know, so one of the big things that is in that idea of normalizing the supernatural is, is prayer. Um, and you want to start off with the idea of what they would pray for, what you'd pray for them? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of areas that we could go whenever it comes to, to prayer and what we teach our kids about prayer um, and, and including them in prayer. Uh, but one thing that we wanted to share with you guys is something that we pray for our kids is that they would experience dreams and visions from God, not just spiritual dreams. I think that's really important. Or pizza dreams. Or pizza dreams. Yeah. Lots of pizza dreams um, that, that people will have. But uh, we, we don't just specifically pray, or we don't pray for spiritual dreams because that can come from anywhere. Um, we specifically pray for dreams from God. And um, we, we do that because um, I grew up, I've, I've had dreams, I've had visions. Um, it's a part of my life. But, I mean, it, it's biblical. If you look all through the Old Testament and the New Testament, there are examples of people who have had dreams. You have you know, Joseph, the dreamer, but he interpreted dreams. You have Daniel, who interpreted dreams, and, and he had dreams himself. Um, Joel prophesied. Uh, let me see. Yeah, you can't drop truth nuggets like that and then just walk away from it. <clears throat> I, she didn't say this in first service. I think this is important for somebody in this room to hear because that didn't happen by accident. She said that we didn't just pray for them to have spiritual dreams because some of those dreams can come from the enemy. There is somebody, I, I guarantee it right now, I, I just believe this 100% of my spirit, there's somebody in here right now that you're having spiritual dreams, but they're not from God. Listen, you need to understand the enemy can do that to you. He has the ability to give you a dream that's not from, from God. Um, and, and what I would invite you to do is really pray through that and find somebody who is who is more mature than you in, your, in Christianity, in hearing specifically the voice of God, and relay that to them. We've got, I know, a handful of people in this church that you can trust, and if you need help finding somebody, if you're dealing with that right now, and you're like, man, I've got a couple of these dreams that I'm about to make decisions on, um, and, and I just want to talk through this a little bit, that would be taking wise counsel. I can get you connected with whoever you need to be connected to, to help you with that, um, because I know of a few different people, and I think that's really important for somebody in this room. Yeah, I mean, something specific that we would pray is that God would give them dreams or just fill our mind with things to think about that are true and good and pure and lovely, um, those things that, that we're supposed to be thinking about. Um, so, yeah, that's good. And, uh, but Joel prophesied, let's see, I lost it. And he said, It will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. And then in the New Testament, after the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, and Peter has this newfound courage, and he goes out, and he's preaching, and he quotes Joel, um, and, and quotes this scripture. And you can see, you know, Peter, he also has a vision of, you know, the sheet coming down, and the clean and unclean animals. And so you can see it throughout all of, all of scripture, that God gives dreams, and he gives visions. Is it something that's going to happen all the time? Probably not. Um, I have had dreams. They don't happen all the time. Um, but it does happen. So why not pray for God to speak through my children as well for them to have dreams? Yeah. And actually, you know, we try to, we, we, as we normalize the supernatural, we talk with our kids on the occasional times that we do have dreams from God. Um, the, the reason why I'm actually with my wife is because I had a dream. Whenever I was 20 years old, I was kind of halfway dating this other girl, and um, all of a sudden, one night, the Lord gave me a dream. I had, 
I, I had genuinely just gone out to dinner with her just to be friends. I, I didn't know her, and I was like, hey, let's grab some dinner, and, you know, that's all that my intent was. Well, a few nights later, God gave me a dream, and it was that me and this other girl were ice skating, and she kept falling down. She couldn't, save up, she couldn't stand up to save her life. And so she would reach out and hold my hand so that she could skate with me. Uh, and then we'd get off of the ice, and I'd go to reach for her hand, and she'd pull away, and she wouldn't, she wouldn't allow me to hold her hand. And I woke up, and I was like, dang it, what the heck kind of dream? That, that was dumb. And God said, whoa, 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 there's a message in there for you. And um, so I was like, all right, Lord, well, what was the message? And he said, she's using you. Anytime she needs help standing on, she can't. And so she reaches for you in that relationship. But whenever you need her, she will not be there for you. You need to leave her and call Hannah. And I was like, what the? <laughs> so I called her. I, you know, I mean, didn't really even know her all that well still. I called her up. We went out all day, got home that evening. I talked with her mom, and we started talking about marriage. And that's all I have to say about that. And it's been the best 14 and a half years of his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, not every dream, uh, like we said, not every dream is from God. Not every dream is a spiritual dream. In fact, most dreams that we have are not spiritual dreams, okay? If you're having dreams all the time, I would venture to say you need to change your diet, all right? Um, you know, so, but in all honesty, in, in all seriousness, we have to be willing to recognize that it takes time and practice to hear from God and understand when he's the one that's speaking to us. We go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. It says, uh, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. So even here in, in 1 Samuel, we can see where Samuel did not yet understand he was hearing from God. It took somebody older and wiser than him to help him realize that he was hearing the voice of God. And what I would say is that, you know, for our kids, they're hearing the voice of God. I guarantee it. And for every single person in this room, right, you're hearing the voice of God. You may just not realize that you're hearing the voice of God. And if you feel like, man, I, God doesn't speak to me, right, I don't hear the voice of God, then you need to practice. And you need somebody in your corner who's willing to teach you and, and willing to talk with you about the things that you are hearing, the things that you are thinking, and then you've got to be willing to take that and, and start to understand when the Lord is actually speaking and when he's not. Um, so one of the ways that we did it was uh, actually through a small group. If you want to talk about that. Um, yeah. We, um, if you guys don't know, there's a group that meets on Saturday nights here. Um, and they pray and they worship and they just take time to really set the tone and the atmosphere um, for church on Sunday mornings. And it's been a huge blessing to this ministry. And uh, we've brought our kids a couple of times to, uh, to participate if they wanted to. And we told them, you know, that they were allowed to, you know, sing and pray and, you know, do what they wanted, you know, and they didn't have to, um, but that they were welcome to do so. One of the things that we did that night, though, one of the nights that we brought them was we also brought paper and colored pencils and things for them to draw with. And so we just encouraged them, if you would like, 
take some time while everybody's worshiping and praying and take some time and ask God to show you something. What do you think God's telling you? And what are you hearing from God? And then draw that on your paper. And it was a very simple exercise. There was no expectation for them. If they didn't want to do it, they didn't have to. But we invited them to participate in that, in this, this practice of hearing from God. Because we don't want our kids to wait until they have this major life decision to make as they are adults. Like, God, should I marry her? Should I take this job? Should I go to this college? Should I buy this car? Um, we don't want them to wait until it's this, this major life decision for the first time for them to go and talk to God. And then they're like, I don't know. I can't hear God's voice because they haven't, they hadn't practiced yet hearing God's voice. And so, you know, right now we make most of the decisions for our kids. Um, they're 10, nine and seven. So I mean, we make most of those decisions for them, but if we can start them out now practicing hearing God's voice and affirming those times because the night that I'm all three of them participated and they all drew something and it was very detailed in the things that they drew and it was theologically correct as well Um, it wasn't just random things and yeah well and I would say too as because I, I feel like we got people in the room right now that are like, I don't hear God's voice. I I don't know what it sounds like. I don't know what to be looking for, listening for, or anything like that. And you're going to get extremely frustrated, and you probably already have gotten extremely frustrated with God um, whenever you've had a major decision, like a job change or a relationship issue or something like that, and you're like, God's just not speaking to me. Well, if I could just take a second and encourage you, reach out. Reach out to anybody on staff. We know people that can help you start identifying when God is speaking and when he's not. Um, And and it comes through practice, like we said just a minute ago. You've got to take time in the small things. Start with small things that it's not going to matter if you do it or don't do it. You're just trying to practice listening for the voice of God. That is one of the biggest, uh, I guess, underestimated portions of how to be a Christ follower is practicing listening for the voice of God. Yeah, I mean, something that we, so another thing that we did with our kids, if you've been on a mission trip with me before, then you know that we've done treasure hunts before. And it's, it's just this idea of asking God to uh, either, as you go out into a store, before you go into a store, you ask God, you know, highlight somebody to me. Is there anybody that you would want for me to pray for today? And you can, as an adult, I mean, we would go and we would go and pray for them. And our kids are more than welcome to do that. Um, one, it was during quarantine and we had to shelter in place. And so we did this with our kids and we had, uh, explained to them that it was the parable of the lost coin of going out and searching for God's lost treasure. And so we decided um, to do this with the kids. And so we took some time to explain, we're going to just ask God to just show us, uh, maybe a different characteristic of somebody or a color or a symbol. We kept it really simple. And so we took some time to pray and then we all got back together and then we, everybody shared the things that they felt like God spoke to them. And we wrote it all down and we made our treasure map. And one of the things on there was a place. And so it was Kroger. And so we went to Kroger and we all just sat in the van because we're sheltering in place at the time. And so we just sat in the parking lot And we just waited and and watched to see if some of those things that were on our map, like things like a rainbow or there was a dolphin or an ocean. And I'm thinking, how we are in Woodstock, Georgia. How are we going to see a dolphin and an ocean, right? But sure enough, a man walks past and on the back of his shirt was a giant dolphin. And so one of our kids 
they had volunteered and they just prayed for this man and it was it was very heartfelt and they just prayed for just his protection and for his health and, and for his safety um and they yeah just in our van yeah we didn't go out you know and, and go talk to anybody we just did it from the comfort of our van yeah yeah so um this morning i was as we were driving in um i ran a red light full disclosure sorry past uh, not pastor uh, officer jeremy if you're in here i'm sorry this is why you Tim, didn't say it I'm first. I'm sorry. Service. Oh, there you go. I ran a red light this morning, but I felt like in the moment, not that God made me run the red light, okay? But I felt like God wanted to use it this morning, and, and I didn't know why until right, right this minute. Somebody, y'all are in here, and, and some of you are going, man, that sounds cool. There's no way going from I don't even pray for my kids to where now I'm going to start doing treasure hunts or anything like that with them. Like, there's no way for me to start doing some of this. And so whenever I ran the red light this morning, the reason why I ran it was because I was coming up to it. I saw that it was yellow, but I felt like I'm too close to slam on my brakes. And so I'm just going to keep going because if I slam on my brakes, I'm going to look like an idiot to everybody in the car and everybody that's, that's over there watching right now. If I just slam on the brakes and I'm squealing tires, and there's no way that I can stop right now and do this without being embarrassed, right? Not that that's a good reason, but that's where I was. Well, so for, for somebody, you're thinking, there's no way that I can start doing this. There's no way that I can stop what I've been doing with my kids. There's no way that I can stop doing what I've been doing with my spouse uh, and start doing this instead without really feeling embarrassed. And can I tell you that all it takes is a moment of recognition on your part. Hey, guys, I know that we've never done this before, but I want to pray for you, right? Hey, I know that we've never done this before, kids, but dad just wants to pray for you. And in that moment, your kids aren't going to question it. They're going to be like, okay, yeah, he, he's never done this before. He just said he's never done this before. She's never done this before. And what they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to engage in that moment. In the name of Jesus, they will engage with you, and you're going to see something different that you didn't expect. And I'm telling you, if you're willing to look foolish, if you're willing to, to take the embarrassment potentially, or you feeling embarrassed, and you slam on the brakes and say, we're going to try it, you're not going to regret it. So the next thing that, um, that we want to talk about, about normalizing the supernatural is giving, right? Giving. Giving, if you've been to Most Essentials, you know that that's a big part of our story. Um, but giving, understanding, like if we go to Psalm 24, 1, it says, The earth is the Lord and all that it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Matthew chapter 6, in the passage that I'm about to read, it's all talking about finances. Um, and, and verse 33 says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Added to you by whom? By, by God, the one who owns everything in creation. If we believe that, then we need to operate in that. And so, like, we'll do it's simple stuff, right? So uh, one of my kids had a bag of Doritos, and the other two did not. And he was like, nah, dog, I'm keeping my dang Doritos. And I was like, buddy, I need you to understand, where did those Doritos come from? Who gave you those Doritos? He's like, you did? Right. So if I have the power to give you Doritos in the first place, and I see that you're choosing to share with your brother and sister and be kind, do you think that the Father who gave you all that you currently have can give you more and make up for what you've given away? 
Oh. Yeah, like it's, it's simple stuff like that, but that's the idea of giving whenever we understand that God has everything. Um, you have a story from Haiti that's pretty similar. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of the probably most unselfish things that I think I've ever seen. Um, I was in Haiti on a mission trip, and we were out of school. And um, if you don't know, whenever um, there's a sponsorship program, then whenever these kids that are in this school and they're part of the sponsorship program, they and, and a team comes in, then they will give them, you know, snacks and food and treats and that sort of thing. But the kids that aren't sponsored, the other community kids that aren't sponsored and aren't able to go to school, they don't get to participate in that, but they still hang around and they still see the kids that are in school, the privileged kids, they still see them and they still hang around with them. And so we were there and we had brought snack for the kids. And so this one little boy, he had this big bag of chips and he saw like two or three other little kids from the community um, that were just sitting there watching all 20 kids in this school sit there and eat their American snack. And this little boy walks over to them, and he sits down right next to them, opens up his bag of chips, and lets all of these little kids go and eat his snack, knowing that who knows whenever the next American team is going to come in. Like, it's a really big deal. Like, you're like a celebrity whenever you go. Who knows whenever they're going to come back in and whenever he's going to get some kind of snack like that. But he shared out of, out of the the generosity in his heart he shared with these kids and 30 minutes later was lunchtime and this kid had the biggest plate of rice and beans I think I've ever seen and sat there and just feasted on all of this food um, and and it's just this very simple example of just his unselfishness you know it was it was demonstrated in that moment to these to these other kids and it just it moved the entire team you were there it moved the entire team and we were like oh my gosh you know we all felt terrible of course <laughs> yeah, so besides normalizing the supernatural um, another thing that we try to do is help our kids understand there's a difference between consequences and punishment and as adults we need to understand there's a big difference between consequences to our actions and punishment by God, right? And, and a lot of times we get this all jacked up, right? Um, we see this happen uh, in, uh, you know, relationships where they have a, a child out of wedlock and the, the mother is now upset because she has a crying baby and she's like, I'm just being punished by God. No, 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 no. The crying baby is a consequence of the action before, right? That, the, the baby's going to cry. The baby is going to do what the baby's going to do. This is not punishment. You know, it's, it's just a reaction to your action. That's all that this is. And if you can remove this idea that God is up there punishing you for breaking a law, right? God's, God did not create the Ten Commandments or any of his laws as a result to remove fun, but instead he has instilled these ideas in us so that he can help guide us to things that have less consequences. Um, I, I was trying to teach my, my oldest about this idea. Um, he, you know, he's, he's a normal 10-year-old, and uh, a couple of years ago he had an MP3 player and uh, Meadow Ferry teacher decided to tell him, hey, buddy, you got to go clean up your room uh, and get a couple other chores done. He was not having it, right? He just wanted to test the water, see how much he could get away with, I guess. And uh, so he's like, no, I don't want to do that. 
I want to just chill and play and have fun. And so she offered him another chance before the bank robber comes in. And man, thankfully the Lord gave me, gave me I, I believe that the Lord gave me uh, a moment of wisdom for him. So finally it was my turn to come in and I came in holding the power cord to his MP3 player. And uh, so I told him, I said, buddy, give me your MP3 player. So he gives it to me and I said, all right, so you know that mommy has asked you to do these things. She's asked you to work and to, to clean your room because this is what your responsibility is for the family. And you are choosing to not work. You would rather just play and not do your job around here. Is that what I understand? Yes, sir. I said, okay, what do you think I'm about to do? He said, you're going to take my MP3 player. I said, no, I'm not. I'm going to give you the MP3 player. There, that's yours. You have the MP3 player. But here's the thing. You only have as much charge as what's on that MP3 player. I have your power cord. If you become an adult and you choose to not put forth effort and work, then what will happen is you won't be able to pay your power bill. And as a result, you will not have power for the house that you were living in. You won't have power for the things that you want to have. So, for the next week, you are going to do your job the way that you're supposed to do it. And if at the end of the week you have done your job, you will be able to have power for that MP3 player. And in that moment, I just wanted him to understand. I'm not, look, this is not, this is not punishment. This is you understanding that your actions have consequences. Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, it's the idea of um, reaping and sowing. And Galatians 6, 7 through 9 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. And, you know, something we, you know, we're trying to instill in our kids that, you know, whenever we, we sow seeds of righteousness, we sow seeds of peace, we sow seeds of, of good doing, then we will reap that harvest. But whenever we sow seeds of selfishness, if we sow seeds of wrongdoing, if we, if we sow seeds of, of laziness or whatever negative thing we can think of, then that's the harvest that, that they're going to reap. Yeah, that's good. It's, you know... We want to be able to sow seeds of love and patience and kindness and goodness, self-control. We want to sow seeds of hard work. We want to sow seeds of generosity because all throughout Scripture we see where whatever seed you sow will be the harvest that you reap. Uh, the last thing that we, that we do is uh, we try to pray for ourselves and for our kids that they would have discernment over what they watch and listen to. Why don't you tell them about your experience with that? Yeah, I mean, I've had um, several experiences where people um, disagreed <laughs> with the choices that we've made as far as what we allow our children to watch, whether it's movies or TV shows mainly. Um, you're careful about what the music that they listen to. Um, and it's because just because someone else has allowed their children to watch a certain movie or uh, because it has a certain rating or it's the newest Disney movie doesn't mean that it's appropriate for our kids. And we are responsible for our children right now. And one day they're going to grow up and they're going to get to make these decisions on their own as far as what they allow to be fed into their spirit. 
And so for now, we are the ones that have to control that and have to monitor that and help guide them to make those decisions. And we talk with them about it and why, you know, we choose to let them watch certain things and, and they don't get to watch other things, even though all their friends have seen this movie. And um, because it's, it's just, it's very important. And we, like I said, we know... God knows our kids better than anybody else. And then we know our kids. And so we are trusting that God is guiding us to guide them because he ultimately knows them better than us. Yeah, so we don't trust the rating system because let me tell you, we, there are two different worlds at work, right? There's the spiritual world and there's the physical world. And the, the, the ones from God, the ones not from God. And you know what? I hate to, to break it to you, but... Christ followers are not the ones who have created the rating systems that we have. And, and not only that, but even if there was a quote-unquote uh, Christian rating system, my temptation is different than Brandon's temptation. My temptation in life is different than, Tim, your, your temptation in life. Right? We all have different temptations. And so whenever we pray for discernment, we pray, God... We pray that you would teach us or show to us what is acceptable for our kids to watch and what's not. And so we may have Moana that uh, we let our kids watch, and it's got idol worship. It's got false gods. It's got some elements of magic in it, and we let our kids watch that. But then why don't we let our kids watch Onward, which is magic and uh, fairies and whatever else? Was because whenever we went to turn on Onward, we felt something. And we were like, all right, this doesn't feel right. There's something that's not right here for our kids. And so people will look at us like we're crazy because, well, we'll let them watch Moana but not Onward. What's the difference? Well, the difference is, is that God has spoken, and he knows the deep intricacies of my children. And if my child is susceptible to something that's in Onward, then I'm trusting that God is going to reveal to me, hey, your kid doesn't need to be watching onward because they're going to be susceptible to a specific temptation that's in that. And whenever all of a sudden you can start wrapping your mind around the idea that God actually is a God who cares and is not a God who just wants to restrict. Well, there's a mindset change that happens there, and now all of a sudden you can go into that and say, hey, guys, we're not going to watch this because something just doesn't feel right. God, is, God doesn't want us watching this right now. And, and so I also want to specify, like, whenever we talk about praying for discernment and stuff, it's not like, all right, children, grab the candles. Let us come together and pray. Dear Jesus, about onward right now. We just want your guidance and direction. Right? Like, that's not what it is. For us, for us, we pray together, and, and we're just like, we pray, God, give us discernment over the TV shows, over the movies that, that our kids watch. And, and it goes beyond just what we let our kids watch, and it goes into us, right? Because I, for me, I was super desensitized, right? Why don't you tell them about Halloween? So our, our upbringing with Halloween was very different. Uh, for me, Halloween was, you guys ever seen that sign that says, uh, something about the only ghost that's welcome is the Holy Ghost. Like, that was my house. <laughs> we brought death and destruction to the neighborhood. Yeah. We turned out the lights and went in the back room and, you know, watched a movie. I wasn't allowed to go to school on Halloween. So it was very different upbringing. Yeah, we had blood fountains in our yard. 
that's not an exaggeration. Really. Yeah, I mean, like, we had some crazy stuff. And, and I watched a lot of stuff that I probably shouldn't have as a kid, and my parents probably don't know about a lot of the things that I watched as a kid. But I, I welcomed into my life a lot of evil. I welcomed a lot of evil into my life. And I would wonder why I'd have crazy dreams and why I would be paranoid walking through a parking lot all the time and why I would experience some of the now looking back realizing they were demonic things that were in my life. It's because of what I chose to welcome. And I didn't realize this until after we had kids and all I was allowed to watch for, you know, the past 10 years was Disney movies. Right? All of a sudden, something happens where you go back and you realize, hey, look, that, that movie's on Prime. I remember I used to love that movie. And I go back and I try to watch it. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I can't watch this. This is bad. Like, how, did I, how did I make it through that? And I realized that there's a scripture in Luke, and, and I'm going to paraphrase based off of the old translation. It said, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's whatever you're pouring in, that is what is going to come out. It's, it's very similar to the whole idea of consequences, right? It's, it's whatever we put in, whatever we sow in is what we are going to reap out. And that's why I would encourage you, whether you have kids or not, you should be praying this for your life over whatever TV show you're watching or whatever movie you're watching. As an adult, it will do nothing but benefit you to say, Lord, Give me discernment over everything that I'm going to watch or listen to. And then you follow it whenever you start to watch that movie, whatever movie it is, and something doesn't feel right. And you're like, ugh, I don't, I don't know. Something's just not right here. Turn it off. You will not regret it, I promise. You will not regret it if you turn it off. And, and that's how we talk to our kids now is they'll start a movie, and we'll look at each other, and we'll be like, something's just not right. And we'll tell them, because we're normalizing the supernatural. Hey, look, mommy and daddy have prayed that God would speak to us, and right now, there's just something that's not right here. And you know what? Our kids don't resent us for that. They trust us that God, we have created an atmosphere where they understand God is a God who loves and cares about them and wants to protect them. And in this moment, that's what he's doing, is he's protecting them. Do you have anything that you wanted to add? All right, let's pray. Um, so, dear God, thank you so much. God, thank you for today. Uh, thank you that we have the opportunity uh, as parents to raise kids. And, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that all the adults in the room have, um, whether they have children or not, or um, if they have friends with children that they are associated with. God, that... Uh, that they too can help be the spiritual leaders, that they can teach these children before they become adults. And Lord, I just pray that um, all of us can, can leave out today making decisions that say we're going to stop at the light even if we feel like we might be embarrassed. And we're going to change the course of our actions today. God, we love you so much, and we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.